Thank you, Jeremy and team. Well, good morning. Um, happy New Year, as, uh, as we've, we've all been saying lots this morning. It's uh, the start of a new year. It doesn't, doesn't really um, mean all that much, just a, a point on the calendar, <clears throat> but it can be significant as well as we, as we reflect back on the year that has been and then as we look forward um, to the year that is coming I want to welcome you here this morning. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's um, it's great that you've been able to come along. Either you didn't um, didn't stay up last night for New Year's, or you did, and um, you just don't require as much sleep as um, as some others that aren't here this morning. Um, so it's uh, it's good to be here. Uh, just a couple of things this morning uh, for our kids. There is actually kids sheets that should be should be there, but I don't think they are yet. Is that some up there, Raina? Nope. Okay, when they arrive, um, we might take a pause and I'll see if I recognise the person coming in and uh, I'll let you know they're out the back there. But actually, I won't send you out either for the under sevens. Normally, we have um, some, some minding for the under sevens but I'm not sure they, they are out there. Okay, yes. Uh, so everyone's ready for you. If you've got kids under seven years old, um, you can take them out there into the... Straight out there, you can see Kids Junior, and uh, if you head out there, the kids will be minded out there for you. You're welcome to keep them in here uh, as well. Well, we've been moving for a series, looking at the names of Jesus over the last uh, few few weeks leading up to Christmas. We've been in Isaiah, and uh, we've, we've looked at the different names of Jesus, especially relating, relating to Christmas. We've got Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting uh, Father, and then Prince of Peace. Uh, that was yesterday, uh, last week for Christmas. And today I was thinking about what we were going to do in, in the continuation of this little series during this um, Christmas holiday time. And in regards to the names of Jesus, I was thinking, what's appropriate for the first, for the beginning of the year? And I'm not really sure if it's an official title or name, um, but it's used a few times, and it's firstborn. Jesus as um, the, the firstborn. We're going to have a look at a passage this morning about um, Jesus being the firstborn, not only of creation, but of um, the firstborn of the, of the dead. We'll look at what that means shortly. But whenever we, we come to, to words like this that have real significance, uh, it's really important for us to think about, hey, what, what does this mean to, to us in, in our normal language, the way we use words, and then uh, especially words that have such significance to them in, in Scripture, what's, what's being spoken about there? What, what is, the, is there something else going on here? So, I was thinking about the way we use um, firstborn. I'm, I'm a firstborn. Put your hands up if you're firstborn, eldest child. Wow, wow. That's, that's a disproportionate number of firstborns. Um, but that's interesting. Um, don't know what that was, but um, now <laughs> I've got a couple of um, of little tweets here that um, really related to me because I'm a firstborn. So I've got the first one here. Being the oldest child is a compliment, 
Think about it. Your parents decided that you're amazing and they wanted more of you. <laughs> Wonder what that says about the youngest. That's it, no more. Ele Evelyn, there we go. Uh, it's hard being the oldest child, watching your younger siblings get away with things that you would have been grounded for life. That is very true. Um, the things that my brothers got and got to do, I would have never have gotten or gotten to do. And then this last one, I love this one. The eggs in our annual egg Easter egg hunt now have to be colour-coded ever since I got 75 one year and everyone else got five. There is a real advantage to being the firstborn. Um, you're generally quicker, smarter, uh, faster, bigger, and you can use that to your advantage, and I use that to my advantage often. Um, but then your parents step in with this idea of justice, and uh, yeah, you, you go from getting 75 eggs to, uh, to you get five, and then you've got to share them with everybody else. Um, our idea of this firstborn in our, in our kind of the way we use it, is it's basically birth order. So I was born first in my family, and therefore I am firstborn. Um, but when we look at Scripture, and it uses this word firstborn, there, it does have that meaning, but there's, there's something deeper going on here. So uh, if you've got your Bibles there with you, uh, we're going to be in Colossians chapter, chapter 1. So Colossians chapter 1, and it's going to be up on the screen there for you anyway, but if you've got your Bibles, it'd be great to follow through there. I'm reading from this Bible is the NIV, and we're looking at chapter 15. So this is one of those passages, um, we've actually done a Colossians series, and we've done this passage before, but I want to jump in here again. The Son is the image of the invisible God the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have supremacy. <clears throat> For God was pleased to have his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So that is a, that is a dense passage. Um, really, you could do a series and you could probably speak for 10 weeks on that passage. There's just so much packed into it. Um, but uh, what we're looking at this morning specifically is this idea of Jesus being firstborn. Firstborn of creation um, and firstborn from among the dead. So, like I said, for, in our minds we're thinking firstborn, um, the first, the oldest sibling. Um, but in the ancient Near East, when, when you think of firstborn, uh, what the primary thing that comes to their mind is, is rank, in a sense. 
rank, uh, the firstborn, they possessed the inheritance that was coming to them from the father and also um, the, the, the leadership. In a sense, they carried the mission and the honour and the, um, uh, everything that comes from the father. They were to, to carry that and, and to move forwards with that. So, it's more about rank than, than, uh, than the actual birth order. It, it often was the firstborn, but there are a number of occurrences when it actually wasn't the, the firstborn in, like, literally the firstborn. It's talking about supremacy. It's talking about what Paul is saying here is that all of creation, that, that which we see that has been created, you and me and this world, uh, he's, he's saying to this, this church and he's saying to us, Jesus is Lord. He, he is leader. All, it, it is all his so he's saying, all of creation is his, and, and then it goes on to talk about he is, he is um, firstborn from among the dead. This is talking about when, when Jesus died and he rose again, and he, ignored, he, he brang in the new creation. Uh, he, he brang in the start of, of this, this new creation that is, that is breaking in um, to, the, to the existing creation. So, so he's firstborn of, of the, this present creation. He is, he's the Lord and he's, he's um, head of, of what is to come, of this renewed new creation. And in, in other passages as well, it talks about him being firstborn from amongst the brethren or among the brothers and sisters of, um, of Christ. So, he is, he is firstborn, he's head, he's leader of the church. So, he's supreme in creation, he's supreme in, in what's to come, and he's supreme in his church. This is, this is Paul establishing for those who are reading and for us today that Jesus is head over the whole lot. And, uh, and that is very, very good news. It is good news that Jesus is head. And that, um, that may seem fairly obvious to us, uh, but, um, but especially as Paul was writing, this was being established, this is who Jesus is. He, he, is, he is worthy to be followed, he, he is the head, He is supreme, He is the creator of all, He is the sustainer of all, He is the giver of life. Love this verse. Actually, I love this, this chapter. It's talking about Jesus. Actually, it's Jesus speaking. In John chapter 10, he says, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. He says, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly, or to have it to the full. Jesus is King and He is Lord and He has come that we may have life. And not just that we may have life, but that we may have it to the full. Um, that, that, is, that is good news. It, it's good news that, that we have life, not just eternal with Him, not just what's provided through the cross, but, but there is life in aligning ourselves with Jesus and His ways. There, there, is, there is day-to-day life that comes with being aligned and being walking beside Jesus in His ways and with Him and knowing Him. This promise of life. Um, the first of January today, the first of a new year, 
and it's a good time for us just to just to assess where we are in our alignment with Jesus. Because so often what happens is <clears throat> um, we can just kind of get blown off course a little bit. And, and sometimes it's, it's not necessarily um, a, a conscious decision to, to, to swerve off course. We just kind of find ourselves, hey, uh, um, Jesus, he's, he's kind of over here a bit. I can see him, but I know that I'm not really... Um, fully aligned with him at the moment. It's a good opportunity to, to rethink about where we are in life at the moment. This is a, a photo up here. Uh, that's Matt. Uh, he's, we're out off Coochie, Mudlow Island. And I haven't done it for a little while, but I, I like to take my kayak down to Coochie. And uh, when I'm not with someone else, uh, one of the things that I love to do is I love to go full pelt, um, straight out to the island, around the back of it, and then come into the beach and have a coffee at the, at the cafe there. Um, now, I can do that until about the back of the island. Um, by the time I get to the back of the island, I'm, I'm pretty... I'm getting done. Um, and, but I'm kind of determined. I, I'm determined to, to keep going uh, and, to, and to use every bit of effort I've kind of got so what I do is I've, I've got this thing, I don't know what it is, but somehow it, I kind of put my head down and, and almost close my eyes and just, just go for it, just keep, I don't know if you've ever done, I, I might, anyway. Um, and uh, it, it seems to give me some little extra bit of energy for some reason, I can keep going for a while. But the problem with keeping your head down is that uh, you start to go in different directions. Uh, and, and you've got to look up every so often because you can, uh, you can work against yourself because you can end up in a, in a total different direction because there's stuff that's trying to take you off course. There's the, um, there, there's the tidal flow and then there's, there's the wind, if there's wind. And for me, it's, it's a lot of myself as well. My, my, I think it's this arm. My right arm is stronger than my left arm. And uh, so, so what happens is that I kind of turn towards the right. But I also know that. I know that my right arm's stronger than my left arm, so I compensate and I pull a bit harder with my left arm to kind of compensate, but sometimes I do too hard and then I go the other way. Anyway, um, the point of that is that if you're not looking at where you're going, um, you're going to go off course. And uh, one of the things that having a having our Lord and Savior have gone before us, he's the firstborn of, uh, of this, this new creation. It's, uh, he's, he's given us someone to follow. And uh, life will want to push us off course. Sometimes there's stuff like wind and, and the tides that just do it, uh, just come against us, but sometimes it's something in ourselves, uh, a strong right arm uh, that will try and push us off course. So I've got three, three words here, just in relation to this new year, and just wondering what God might want to be saying to us this morning. Uh, first of all, in being aligned with Jesus and His ways, we want, we want to resist those things that um, try and push us off course, we want to resist the, um, the wind and the waves and our, our own stuff inside us that tries to push us off course. Uh, one of the things I speak about often is this, uh, just this acknowledgement in us that when we sense something's trying to push us off course, 
that this simple acknowledgement, Jesus help me. I realize that something's trying to push me off course and, and I, I resist that, whether it's inside of me or outside of me, I resist that, Jesus help me. I, I, I can't tell you how helpful that has been to both myself and people just to, to acknowledge something and then to ask Jesus for help and, and, and using our will to say, I resist it. Whether, whether it's outside of me, whether it's the wind or the, or the tide or whether it's my strong right arm or my weak left arm, um, whatever it is, God, help me. And breakthrough happens when we do that. Next one, pursue. We want to, we want to resist those things that are, are pulling us away from Him and in alignment with Him and we want to pursue Him. So, um, there's certain things that you can do in a kayak to keep you going in the right direction. You're making adjustments all the time. Uh, some of the things that we can do, uh, especially as believers, is to spend time in His Word. There is, there is something uh, special about God's Word. When, when we're reading something and, and He decides to breathe upon those words, there's, there's something special about that. When we've read over a passage many, many times and then Jesus, he, he takes it, the Holy Spirit takes it and He just applies it in a living way to our lives, to our, to our present circumstance, the here and now speaking of God into our lives. Um, we, we pursue God by spending time in His Word. Pursue God by, by prayer, coming humbly before Him and speaking to Him. We have a God that speaks to us. And we're going to be doing another series this year about a God who speaks. And uh, there's an aligning element to that. When when God speaks to us, He brings us into alignment with Him. And as we pursue Him, He has designed us to do that together. Uh, it, It is good to gather together. Because together, we're being aligned together um, to, to follow and, and be with him. It's part of God's plan and purposes for his church and his body. So this year, may we resist things that's trying to push us off course. May we, may we continue to pursue him. And the other one is realign quickly. Uh, we, we know this with, um, if, if I keep my head down for the whole time and don't look up to where I'm going, in, um, on, on the kayak, I'll get off course um, quickly and, and I will end up a long way off where I want to be and it's going to take a lot to get back. I, I want to encourage you this year to, to get back quickly to Jesus, to the path that, that He's called you on in, in, in alignment with Him. And we, we don't do that often. I, I'm, I'm not sure what that is exactly, but th- this is probably one of the, as, as I speak to people, this is one of the most significant issues and hurdles that we've got to, got to get over in, in following Jesus well, is this, this realigning, this coming to Jesus and saying, God, forgive me, help me, and coming back beside Him and walking with Him quickly. There's something that seems to keep us from coming back. And I, I don't know whether it's something about... Um, it's, it's like that video that we saw. Um, it's this... this I want to keep my trash. Jesus is saying, no, come to me. What, what is it that, that keeps it? I, I, I don't know whether it's, it's 
parenting or, um, or, or something going on, or it's just human nature. We don't seem to want to do that quickly. We, we seem to think that um, He might want us to kind of uh, suffer and stay in that for a little bit longer, or um, maybe, maybe, maybe we're afraid to, to, to bring that into His presence. I, I'm not sure exactly what that is. But when we hear of Jesus as the firstborn... Um, there's a sense in which, in, in other passages, speak about this, um, that he's our elder brother. And we took that, that kind of phrase on its own, it could kind of get blown out of proportion, um, because there's many aspects of who Jesus is, but he's our older brother, and, and he, he loves us, and he calls us to walk with, with him. And, and he's a really, really good elder brother. He is for us, and He loves us, and He encourages us, and when we go off the path, He comes and He offers to help us to get back on. Do you know, those who have had kids, when you've got an older sibling that is functioning well, and is encouraging, and is, is helping, um, that, the whole family can go amazingly. Uh, I, I just think about it, when, when I ask uh, my kids to to clean, they're, they're really, really good actually. I can ask them to, when Julia's at work, I can say, hey kids, can you help me to clean the house? And I normally put Layla in charge and she like organises all the, all the other kids to do different rooms and whatnot. And when she's encouraging and when she, when, 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 when Evelyn or Levi does something that, that just doesn't help with the cleaning and she comes beside them and is really encouraging with, with them, what happens there is just, um, it's, it's just amazing. Uh, Jesus is like that. He, um, he wants to walk with us. He, he loves us. He's compassionate for us. And he wants us to realign quickly with him. Not because he's angry with us that we're off the path. The reason he wants us to realign with him quickly is that he said that he has come to give a life and to give it to the full. And he knows that it's on that path where he is that life is found. And, and when we find ourselves blown off the path and, uh, and, and he's singing, life is not found there. So he's eager and happy to call us back onto his path. He is Lord. He is head of us. He is head of this body. He is Lord over all creation. He is Lord of what is coming next, and He is Lord of this church. We're going to spend some time now. Uh, it's appropriate for us to take communion together. Something that Jesus initiated um, on the back of the Passover. And if you've got your little glasses there with you, it'd be good to bring them out. Um, Mary Ellen is just up the back there. If you didn't get one as you're coming in, just pop your hand up and she'll come around to you and give that to you now as well. This is a special time for us to do this. Right at the beginning of the year, we're able to realign in, in, our, in ourselves and as a church that um, realign with, with Jesus and His ways and what He's done for us. And it's a special time. I, I love when we're able to do this as a, as a larger church body as well with the kids in the service uh, we don't always get to do this with kids in the service. Um, at 
at our church here, uh, what, we've, what we've decided to do in regards to the discipleship of our children is we see that as primarily the responsibility of parents and we want to come beside you to, to walk with you in that journey of, of teaching your kids and uh, encouraging them to, to walk and follow and know Jesus. So, in regards to communion, uh, we leave that up to the, the parents as to when they would like their kids to, to take communion. Um, some choose to do that a little bit later, um, and some choose to do that a little bit earlier. For, for Julia and I, we've decided to invite our kids quite early um, to do that. Once they have some idea of, of what this is all about, what we're doing here, but we see this as part of the, um, the family of God. This is something that we do together, and, and our kids being born into our family are part of the family of God. And uh, they're, they're going to have to make a choice at some stage in their life uh, of whether they want to continue in this direction or not. Um, but that's, uh, that's up to you parents whether you'd like to do that or not. Um, now, before I read, I might read this passage again because it's relating to communion as well. But before I do that, I've just, uh, Tanya, some time ago in our discipleship course for our kids, has made a video on communion and I uh, want to take this opportunity with our kids in with us to show that now, um, just so that we can get a bit of a better understanding of what we do together in sharing communion together. Have you ever noticed something a little bit different in church where all the adults seem to have a miniature-sized snack in the middle of church on a Sunday morning or night? Well, we are going to try to answer some of the questions you might have about this time that we call communion or the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper is a special time when people who believe in Jesus remember how Jesus died on the cross to rescue us from our sins. But... To really understand the Lord's Supper, we have to go back in time over a thousand years before Jesus was born to the time of the Exodus. God's people were living as slaves in Egypt. That means they were completely under the control and had to do whatever their Egyptian masters told them to do. And God wanted to set them free. So he told them to sacrifice a perfect lamb and to paint their doorway with the lamb's blood so that the angel of death would pass over their house and they would all be safe. That was the night that God used the blood of a perfect lamb to set his people free. It was such an important night for God's people that they remembered and celebrated Passover every year since. Fast forward to the night before Jesus was crucified and Jesus was celebrating the Passover with his disciples. At the Passover feast, Jesus took the bread and the cup and told the disciples about a new covenant or a special promise. Instead of celebrating God's rescue of his people from Egypt, his followers would celebrate how Jesus rescued them from their sin through his death on the cross. Jesus is actually called the Lamb of God a few times in the Bible, including John chapter 1, verse 29, where John the Baptist says, Look! the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world when he sees Jesus. So the Lord's Supper or communion is a special way for us to remember Jesus' sacrifice and his love for us. What does the bread represent in the Lord's Supper? Jesus told the disciples that the bread represents his body. The bread in the Lord's Supper is still normal bread, but it is a symbol for us of all that Jesus has sacrificed 
the pain and injury that Jesus went through when he gave his life for us. What does the cup represent? The juice or the cup represents Jesus' blood that he shed or gave up when he died on the cross. Jesus' disciples drank wine when they celebrated the Lord's Supper. But today, with the invention of refrigeration, we use juice instead. The juice or cup represents the new covenant that Jesus created when he died on the cross. In this new covenant or promise, God would forgive us because Jesus, the Lamb of God, had offered himself as a sacrifice to pay for our sin. So who can take part in communion? Anyone who is a follower of Jesus can participate or take part in the Lord's Supper. When you do take the Lord's Supper, it is important to do it with a heart of thankfulness for what Jesus did for us. It is also a good opportunity to make sure that we're living in a way that is pleasing to Him. One part of this is making sure that we aren't feeling angry with someone or needing to ask God or someone else to forgive us. Remember, Jesus loves it when we look closely at our hearts, ask forgiveness, and match our lives up with how He wants us to live. Is communion a sad time? As we think about Jesus suffering on the cross, it can make us sad in a way but it should also be a great time of joy and celebration. In one sense, we look back at the events around the death of Jesus, but in another way, it helps us to remember the bond that we share with him right now. It's also a time of anticipation or looking forward with great excitement because it is only a matter of time until Jesus, the one who died, rose from the dead and went up to be with God in heaven, returns as King. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 26 tells us, For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Now that is something worth celebrating. If you think that you are ready to start participating in the Lord's Supper, that is a great conversation to have with your parents. If you have any other questions at all, you can talk to any of our kids team or myself or one of the pastors here or email us at kids at wybc.org.au and we can discover the answers together. It's a good opportunity for us to stop and reflect and to remember, to remember and also to celebrate what it means that Jesus has come and lived and died and risen again for us. It's a good opportunity, as, as Tanya said there as well, for us to reflect on where we are in, uh, in alignment with Jesus and, uh, and, and come back onto that path, the trajectory that he wants us on, uh, if we felt that we've been blown off it a little bit. Remember that he is the firstborn. He is our big brother, in a sense. And uh, he delights for you to come back on his path of life. It is a face that delights when you come to him, that invites you to walk with him on his path. It's going to give us a little bit of time uh, individually to be able to just stop and reflect about the year that has been and the year that is, um, is, is now upon us. But I want to read a passage first of all. So I'm going to read a passage, we're going to take some time, and then I'm going to pray together and we're going to eat and drink together. So it's just the order here, passage, take some time, and then we're going to pray and we're going to eat and drink together. And here's the head 
of the body, and it's talking about Jesus. Jesus is the head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning and the firstborn from amongst the dead. Talking about new life there. So that in everything he might have supremacy, for God was pleased to have all fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Jesus is offering shalom, completeness, wholeness in our lives because of what he did on the cross. Let's take a little bit of time to reflect now. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for what you've done. And Lord, would you speak to your people this morning as we reflect on what you have done for us, on the path that you are calling us to. We thank you that you walk with us. So Lord, we bring our open hearts to you now. Would you speak and minister to us? Lord, we thank you for your offer and your provision of peace. Lord, I think about the cost that you would come and that you would die for us and we say thank you. Jesus, you said that you have come that we may have life. Lord, I thank you for the offer of life eternal. Thank you for that curtain that was ripped, that we can have access, that we can come confidently before your throne room to receive your grace and your mercy. We thank you for that. And Lord, I thank you that you have promised life to the full. I thank you that you have shown us the pathway of life. And Lord, may that be a a choice that we make each and every day to not only align ourselves with you for eternity, but to align ourselves day by day and choose life. Thank you that you have gone before us, that you are preparing a place for us. So Lord, we remember and we proclaim your death. Remember you as the hope of the world and life offered.
Let's eat and drink as his community that meets in this place, together proclaiming his death and his resurrection until he comes again. Hello, we eat and drink now as this proclamation that we are a people that have received life, that we are a people who day by day are choosing life. Lord, we thank you for what you've done. We, we thank you that, that you are making all things new and we look forward to that day, Jesus, when I'll be able to see you face to face with every tribe and nation and people our brothers and sisters that have come before us and that will go, go after us and, and, and all over this world will come together and will worship you and you'll be Lord and you'll be judge and there'll be no more crying or death or mourning. We long for that day and we thank you for your present reality right now that you are with us and that you offer life. We choose life. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.